blessings this day, God's blessings to you all. Well, as we've come to the sixth Sunday of Easter, this is Rogate Sunday, and as I've told you many times, those Latin names are most often connected to the intimate for the day, but not today. It actually comes from the gospel lesson and Jesus' encouragement to pray. And so prayer ends up being the central focus of so much of what our service is this day. So as I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover, we'll look at the Focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for the day. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray as one who has been baptized. For it is in the water of baptism that he put his name upon you, claiming you as his own, making you a son of God with access to the Father. By his incarnation and crucifixion, our Lord Jesus broke through the barrier of sin, which separated us from God, opening a portal to the Father. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray with faith in him as the one mediator between God and man who gave himself as a ransom for all. Like Moses in the wilderness, Jesus is our go-between, an intercessor before the throne of heaven. He was lifted up for us on the cross that we might be saved and restored to fellowship with the Father. Looking into this perfect teaching of liberty, we pray with boldness and confidence as dear children of God. As we have access to God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we rejoice that we also receive his true body and blood in and under bread and wine for our forgiveness, life, and salvation. And in accordance with his word, he bids us to come united in one common confession in obedience to his word. Therefore, we ask that all those joining us at the altar this day be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in one common Orthodox confession of the Christian faith. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3, as it begins on page 184 in our first hymn, uh, hymn 773, we now sing. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the sixth Sunday of Easter is from Numbers chapter 21. From Mount Hor they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And they, the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from James, chapter 1. 
but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. But this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Jesus said, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. And that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father, and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, we heard these words from St. James's epistle last Sunday. It only made sense then that having heard that last Sunday in the collect of the day today, we prayed this, O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Dear saints in Christ, our Heavenly Father is the giver of every good and perfect gift, the giver of all that is good. As St. James says, every good gift and perfect gift comes down from above, from God our Father. Now the greatest gift our Father has given to us is without a doubt his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. But in today's Gospel lesson, Jesus sets before us another wonderful gift, that of prayer. Now, in my years of service to Christ Church, I've noticed something interesting about Lutherans. If you want to make a Lutheran squirm in their pew, take a good long while to talk about prayer. By the way, 
Lutheran pastors are not immune to this discomfort either. In fact, the topic of prayer, it seems to induce a few common reactions from many people, the first of which is guilt. Now, this usually makes itself known with comments like, I know I don't pray enough or often enough. I just don't, Pastor. I really should pray more. The second common reaction is that of indifference or boredom towards prayer. And you can usually tell this attitude by the sudden silence from other Christians in the room when prayer becomes the topic of conversation. Now, it's true that that silence can indicate guilt, but more often than not, others are just politely waiting for you to change the topic to something that they're interested in, something other than prayer. And then there's the third common reaction, which is pride. I mean simple pride when I say that. Now, the proud reaction to prayer often sounds something like this. Oh, pastor, I pray all the time. I mean all the time. I probably wear God out with all of my praying. Ironically, I hear this most often from folks who are healthy enough to attend worship regularly, but actively choose not to. This is indicated by the comment, I don't really go to church, but I pray all the time, pastor. When we remember that prayer is a good and perfect gift given to us by our Heavenly Father, well, those three reactions or attitudes, they don't really make sense, do they? I mean, think about it. Why would a good and perfect gift from God cause guilt, boredom, or selfish pride? Now, rest assured, there's nothing wrong with the gift of prayer, and there's certainly nothing wrong with the giver of that gift. Therefore, the problem must be with us. Our wrong thinking, our misconceptions, our sin. So when it comes to prayer, how do we go from guilt, boredom, or sinful pride to praying freely, to praying fervently and with humble gratitude? Well, as with everything in the Christian life, it starts with the word of God. In today's gospel, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Prayer begins with God and with his word. To be more specific, prayer begins with God speaking to us in his word and us listening. Now, we often think that prayer begins with us, that it has its origin in our own hearts and minds. However, prayer begins with God speaking to us in his word. Now, this truth is taught to us most simply and clearly in the words of Psalm 51:15, words that you are well familiar with. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Those familiar words are, of course, the opening words of Matins, a service of prayer. Just as God is the one who brings you into relationship with himself, so also God is the one who initiates conversation between you and him. He speaks to you in his word, the Bible, not the still quiet places of your heart. That might be indigestion after all. The certainty of God's word is the Bible, and we hear him in his word. And then we respond in prayer, thanksgiving, and praise. Now, to get back to Jesus' words in the gospel lesson, notice what our Lord says about prayer. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. What a promise. Now, before we get carried away... It should be stated that a simple prayer in Jesus' name will not guarantee you a new car or truck in your driveway, a million dollars in your bank account, or instant healing from any and all ailments. So what gives? Is Jesus lying to us? No, not at all, never. He would never do that. Rather, this is just one verse in a whole body of teaching on prayer that is found throughout the whole of God's word. 
You see, our prayers are to be founded upon God's promises, not our will. This is why Jesus teaches us to pray, Thy will be done, your will be done, O God, in the Lord's Prayer. You see, God has made us poor, lowly sinners, his children by grace, adopting us in holy baptism and joining us to Jesus' death and resurrection. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray as one who has been baptized. For it is in the water of holy baptism that he put his name upon you, claiming you as his own, making you a son of God with access to the Father. Did you hear that? Because of Jesus' death and rising from death, We have full and complete forgiveness of our sins, eternal life, and salvation from the devil, and access to God the Father. By his incarnation and crucifixion, our Lord Jesus broke through the barrier of sin which separated us from God, opening the door to the Father. To pray in Jesus' name is to pray with faith in him as the one mediator between God and men who gave himself as a ransom for all. What this means, dear Christians, is that the God of all creation listens to you. Because of Jesus, you can bend the ear of the Almighty in heaven and he hears you. He listens to you. And even more incredible is that he wants you to come to him. He delights in your prayers. Isn't that amazing? It's just as Luther teaches us in the small catechism. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. That is gloriously comforting. In fact, think back to those common reactions that we have to prayer, guilt, indifference, or boredom, and sinful pride. What does this true teaching and right understanding of prayer do to those attitudes and reactions? Well, dear saints, your standing before God is based entirely upon the shed blood of Jesus. Therefore, prayer is not an act that you do for God, but a gift that God has given to you. God is not looking at you and thinking, you'd better pray or else. He's not sitting there like that far side cartoon with his finger over the smite button, waiting for you to not pray so that he can send some discipline your way. No. Instead, God is a loving father who delights to hear the voices of his children as they call out to him in prayer. God urges and commands us to pray precisely because he is the source of all that is good and true and right. Your heavenly father is the one who truly loves you and provides all you need for body and soul. All of this he does only out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness in us. Whatever your prayer may be, a request or thanksgiving, a complaint or frustration, repentance or even sorrow or pain as you pour out your heart to God in your deepest, darkest nights of the soul, your Heavenly Father wants you to come to Him, knowing and trusting that He hears you for the sake of Jesus and He will answer you according to His promises. Now, such truth is free. Prayer is not based on your good works or your merits. It's based on Jesus' good works for you. And such truth is also humbling. You have nothing to boast about before your Father except what Jesus has accomplished for you. You see, we come before our Heavenly Father with repentant humility and thanksgiving for all He has done for us in and through Christ Jesus. And as for an attitude of indifference or boredom about prayer, well, if nothing else, believe what God teaches about prayer and pray because of His promises. For God does not lie. 
Listen to what he says in Proverbs 15, 29. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. That's you, dear saints. You are his righteous ones through faith in Christ Jesus. And then there's Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. And then there's 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, why? What's the outcome? The very next verse, St. Paul says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then back to the epistle of James. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And when our Lord Jesus Christ himself taught his disciples to pray, he said, And when you pray, not if, but and when, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, he says, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, and so on. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have full access to God. There is no need to ask for the prayers of saints who have gone before us. Mary, Peter, James, and John, they do not hear your prayers, and neither do your loved ones who are with the Lord. You see, they're busy glorifying God. But do you know who is not too busy for your prayers? Your Heavenly Father. And he hears them all without missing a single word. The blood of Jesus gives us full access to God. God loves us. God loves you. Whatever false understandings or sinful attitudes that you may have had about prayer, repent, dear Christian, and rest in this truth. For the sake of Jesus, your sins are forgiven, and God delights in your prayers. Our Heavenly Father hears, answers, protects. He upholds, forgives, and comforts because of Jesus. Therefore, beloved saints, pray to your Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. For our Lord has taught us, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Call upon God and ask him for wisdom and strengthening of faith. Ask God to save your unbelieving family members and friends. Pray for your children and grandchildren that they would fear, love, and trust in Jesus. That they would grow in his grace and use their God-given gifts and talents to bless others, to love and serve their neighbors, and ultimately at God's timing. Pray that they would come into eternity with all God's saints. Ask God for rain and for his blessing on your crops and all that you set your hearts and minds and hands to. Pray for our country, military, and schools. Pray for those who protect us. Ask God to give and to do as he has promised to according to his word. And remember the example of Jacob holding on to the heel of Jesus by the fords of the Jabbok. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Finally, above all else, pray the Lord's will be done in all things, for his will is always good and always perfect. As St. James has taught us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And so, in closing, we join again in the collect of the day. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, Grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Israel of God, his redeemed in Christ Jesus, that we may always declare, proclaim, and utter this great salvation in speech and song to the very ends of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church's protection, for zeal for the house of God, and for peace through the promises of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of mothers who raise their children in all things good, a mirror of God's love, that they may be strengthened in their calling and sustained through weary and difficult times, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our nation and its citizens, that the Lord would grant us good leaders, satisfying work, loving families, and a peaceful and quiet life, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are married and preparing for marriage, that our Father in heaven would strengthen them in their vocations, move them towards selfless love, and enable them to joyfully live according to his word. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the ailing and recovering, especially John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, as well as those grieving and those dying, and for those we name in our hearts. That God's grace would sustain them all in their hour of need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune this day, that as the saints once looked to the bronze serpent so that they might live, so we may look in faith to the water and to the bread and wine where God has tied his promise of forgiveness, cherishing our baptism and receiving his supper often. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Heavenly Father, you have attended to the voice of our prayers, for you have commanded us to pray and have promised to hear us. Let your mercy comfort and sustain us in prayer, that we may heartily and fervently pray to you at all times and in all places, not doubting but trusting in your promise. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, again, a happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. Thanks be to God for your faithful and loving service. And also a blessed uh, Lord's Day to all of you as we go into this week. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a little known fact. I, I enjoy researching the church here and the different things that belong to it. And this Rogate Sunday is traditionally the beginning of a week of prayer that is especially tuned to how God provides for our needs of body and soul. And so back in the day, it used to be that during this week, there were several prayer services held throughout the week. And the pastor would actually gather together congregation members with the processional cross, fully vested, and parade everybody through the countryside to pray for everyone's crops. And at each stop, there was sort of a mini potluck in order to refresh yourselves, sometimes even with Lutheran beverage. And then you would continue on your procession through the countryside, praying for God to bless the crops and the hands that are tending to them. So it's an interesting tidbit about this week, historically in the church here. And this is not a long forgotten practice. Uh, there are congregations that you can still find them here and there that do do this. Uh, and it is, is a widespread practice as recently as the last 75 years. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. Perhaps we'll have to talk about that for next year. Um, but those are called rogation days, days of prayer where we call upon the Lord for his blessings of body and soul. Looking at our announcements going into this week, and no, there's not going to be a roving potluck through the countryside. 
Uh, we have our Sunday school and Bible study immediately following worship this day. Esther Bible study tomorrow at 1.30. This Wednesday, the Lutheran Confession study group followed by the workout class later on that evening in the auditorium. And then this Thursday, uh, we have great joy to gather for Ascension Vespers as we celebrate the Ascension of our Lord. And then following the service at 7 p.m. will be the Trinity Women's Meeting. So please be uh, aware of all those things. And then also... Uh, Highlighted it last week. I'll highlight it this week. Also, we have announcement in the bulletin about issues, etc. Uh, the radio program that is sponsored by the Missouri Synod and uh, uh, led by LCMS Pastor Todd Wilkins. Some of the topics that they'll have this week include the Ascension of Christ, why we celebrate that, and how prominent it is in the life of uh, individual Christians and in the life of the church. Also, a Christian movie review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and then also the beloved hymn "Christ is the World's Redeemer," along with responding to unanswered. Bible questions and more. Uh, you can listen on demand or at issuesetc.org. Uh, and they also have an LPR, that is Lutheran Public Radio mobile app, on your favorite podcast provider. Wonderful resource if you've not looked into them. And then also there's information about one of our camps, Camp Simo Wapapello. And yes, I did have to practice pronouncing that. Uh, it is an LCMS affiliated camp that's located down in southern Missouri, and it also joins the ranks of Heights Point. So if you're looking for a camping opportunity, there's information there. Uh, there's also information out on the glass case about Camp Wapapello. Um, so please take advantage of that this summer. As I'm told, the rates are extremely reasonable. And I did look, do some looking into that, and they are. It's kind of crazy uh, what, you can, what you can do down there. It's wonderful. Did I miss anything as far as the announcements this week? Okay, seeing nothing, God's blessings to you as you go into this week, uh, trusting that the Lord hears our prayers and rejoicing in the salvation of Christ. I'll greet you at the door.